Today we discuss the mysterious story of Carrie Farver. We'll look at her brief relationship with David Krupa, then discuss her seemingly random disappearance and years and years worth of harassment towards David and those close to him, seemingly from Carrie. Finally, as more and more evidence is discovered, we learn that perhaps Carrie isn't nearly as guilty as was believed. I'm Mike. I'm Ian. And I'm Dave. If you're a fan of crazy whodunits, stick around. As an old wise man once said, Something wrong here. This is Necronomapod. A Netflix documentary is taking the world by storm. It's called Lover, Stalker, Killer. When uh, this case comes out or gets any kind of coverage, uh, people go out and Google Carrie Farber. They Google her name, and the first thing they see is a picture of the person who harmed her. And that is a complete injustice. So they set out to start a fund in her name, something good, like Carrie was. It wasn't fair what happened to her. It wasn't fair what happened to her family. And this seemed like a good way to uh, you know, help people in her name, even though she's not here to do it. So we generally try not to ride others' coattails or, or poach topics or, you know, jump on bandwagons. But I saw this documentary on Netflix not too long ago called uh, Lover, Stalker, Killer. And I said, this is one of the weirdest stories I've ever heard, and we really need to do it. So I'm sure a lot of you have seen the documentary. Mm-hmm. I think we've uncovered a bit of stuff that wasn't included in the documentary, as is always the case. Because I kind of pushed back on it a little bit. I'm you like, did, yeah. like, I don't know. Like, I don't want to seem like we're competing with the documentary yeah. or something like that or trying to get downloads. But when you brought up the idea, I looked online. I'm like, okay, there's a solid amount that didn't make it mm-hmm. into the documentary. Because it's only like 90 minutes. Yeah. You say, there's only so much you can fit in sure. to that time frame. There's a lot going on in this story. And it's super fucking weird. So I convinced Ian that we should do it. It's crazy. It really is. It's, it's a nutty nut. story, man. <laughs> yeah. It's so weird. And Mike, you're going in completely blind on this. We talked yesterday and you advised that maybe it would be best if I didn't read the notes so that I can just literally learn as we go. So I I have no I didn't watch the documentary. I did not read the notes. I have zero idea what this episode's about. The intro that we usually do for the show where I give a little summary and stuff and we introduce ourselves. We haven't even recorded that yet because I couldn't write one. Look behind the scenes. Yeah, we'll be recording <laughs> that after the, the show. And uh, so we'll see. I have no idea what this is about. Yeah, and just to clarify, they, like we said, they left some stuff out, but it was for brevity, not for like shaping the story how they want. Like, you know, the making the murderer where they left out significant portions of that guilty motherfucker (laughs) that would have shown he was guilty. That's not kind of the case here. It was a very good documentary. They weren't being negligent. No, not at all. No. All right, let's do it to it. Yeah. In 2012, 35-year-old Dave Krupa had just gotten out of a 12-year relationship with Amy Flora. Dave and Amy had two kids together, and the relationship didn't end on really bad terms or anything. Dave didn't love the idea of getting married. And after 12 years, Amy wanted that commitment. So since they couldn't agree, they decided to go their separate ways. But it was a fairly good breakup. They ended on good terms. 
enough that Dave followed Amy from Council Bluffs, Iowa to Omaha, Nebraska, so that he could maintain a co-parenting life with Amy. Omaha was completely new to Dave. He didn't know anyone and was kind of lonely. He should try hanging out with Avenged Sevenfold when they come through town. <laughs> There's some friends at his show that did that, and they had a really good time. That's the rumor in any window. That's right. <laughs> a lot had changed in the world of dating in the 12 years that Dave had been with Amy. So Dave was looking at online dating apps and signed up for Plenty of Fish. He wasn't having much luck until he matched with a woman named Liz. Liz was in the same age range as Dave and had two kids in the same age range as Dave's as well. It's really throwing me off that this guy's name is Dave. Yeah. yeah. Dave Krupa. Is, isn't Plenty of Fish the, like, the Christian one? Like I know there's Christian Mingle, but isn't Plenty of Fish like a Christian one too? I, I'm not sure. And I thought I they know. used that little like Jesus fish you oh, know, is that logo. The, the origin of that? I'm not I sure. I don't know. I, I might just farmers only myself. Well, you don't have to be lonely with farmersonly.com. <laughs> I might be making that up. I, I I had just seen that and I assumed it was some kind of Christian thing. I cannot offer any information on that. You've never been on a dating app, Dave? Never. Hmm. Missing out. <laughs> is that right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> On a dating app, but I'm on, you know, <laughs> Cucks and Bulls, various applications. Sure, sure. So. George Nori made his own dating app. Or really? Dating site. Mm -hmm. It's for people that are into, like, UFOs and shit to meet each other. He, I'm not surprised. He promotes it on, the, on Ghost to Coast mm. all the time. What's it called? I don't know. Let me look it up. <laughs> Is it Ghost to Ghost? Because you just get ghosted and, like, they don't show <laughs> up and fucking ditch you? Ghosted to Ghosted? I like it. I'm sure you find some fun girls on that, right? That'd be all right. Some flat earthers. That's some, like uh, fucking earthers. That's playing Russian roulette with dating. Right. You don't know it what really the fuck is, is going to happen. <laughs> it's, it's just called Paranormal Date. Oh, boy. Paranormaldate.com. Like, um, yeah, I'm, I'm really glad to meet you. I just broke up about a month ago. My last boyfriend was an alien from the planet <laughs> Farfik Nugan, and he stopped coming around all, the, all that much. And it looks, yeah. it just, it looks absurd. I like that. <laughs> Me gusta. Oh, boy. I think we need to get Declan on this. Oh, man. You'll wake up in a bathtub of ice with your <laughs> fucking kidneys gone. Hey, you never know. It's part of the fun, right? I guess. I guess. So Dave made it very clear to Liz right from the start that he didn't want anything serious. He was just looking for someone to hang out with and hook up with, like a friends with benefits situation. Dave and Liz ended up going on five dates together where they were sexually active. And Liz said that she understood where Dave was at with the whole just being friends with benefits type relationship. After that fifth date, Liz started going off the rails a bit. She was getting really upset that Dave wasn't committing to her and she didn't want him to date anyone else. Clingy. A little bit. Dave told Liz again, I don't want anything serious. If you want that type of a relationship, go out and look for it. And he's not going to get mad at her. He completely understands if she would stop talking to him because of it, but he wasn't committing. Liz said that she didn't want that. She wasn't going to date other people. She wanted Dave. And then she deleted her Plenty of Fish account, to which Dave was like, I'll help you make a new one if you want. <laughs> right. like, hmm. Doesn't mean it's gone forever. <laughs> this isn't like life. When it's over, it's over. <laughs> I have no issues with how Dave was handling this to start. 
He was straight up front. He's not lying. He's telling her exactly what he's interested in. He doesn't seem all guys should to be like be Dave playing her like he's <laughs> that's right. He was out of a long distance relationship. He's restarting his life. He doesn't want to jump in anything right away. I understand that. Sure. Okay. Uh, just based on the documentary, he seems like a stand up guy. The way mm-hmm. you guys are setting this up makes me believe Dave's going to be a bad guy later on. I just want to lay well, that out there right now. You, know. you guys are setting this up like, well, so far he's doing things right. Hmm. Mm. I'm interested. <laughs> I hope people don't think this is like a, a gimmick. I legitimately have no idea. I think they believe. This yeah. is like me opening I think a package past, here. Uh, past experiences where they don't <laughs> yeah. find that too hard to believe. Yeah. But then like people, there's people who are like, oh, I thought that was like that every episode. Like I always read the notes. Mm-hmm. There's, well. some bon- there's some bonus <laughs> shows I don't, but we say that at the start that like I wanted to go into this and just raw dog it. Off that he knows he's being buried alive, oh, but my. he's so weak. <laughs> Well, that didn't make any sense, Dave, but what the fuck's what was I talking about? Oh, burying Declan alive. All right. Well, now I'm suspicious of Dave because of you guys. Hmm. Me, Dave or Dave Krupa? Well, I've always been suspicious. Of you. <laughs> now Krupa. A couple months later, Dave met 37 year old Carrie Farber. Carrie was a super smart computer programmer and a single mom. She had one son who was getting into his teens at this time. Dave was working as a mechanic, and Carrie walked in to get some work done on her car. The way Dave tells it, it's like, God damn, this woman is super attractive. So he started throwing out small hints like, hey, I'm new to the area, and I set up a, a new profile on this website called Plenty of Fish. Like playing dumb, like he didn't really know what plenty of fish yeah. was. Derp, derp, derp. Never heard of plenty of fish. <laughs> My buddy told me I should do this plenty of fish thing. I don't really know how it works. I love Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to feel real bad if it's not a connection. Like, I'm not trying to make fun of that. It's just, you know, I'm making fun you of him. You sure about that? Making fun of him being a dork, like acting like he doesn't know. Well, if you notice this crucifix I'm wearing, <laughs> I don't think it's a Christian site. I'm going to look it up while you're talking. <laughs> <laughs> I think it is, too. You think it is one? I think it's that scientist guy that made it with all his algorithms that he was uh, the old guy with white hair. Mm-hmm. Remember the commercials? Vaguely. I haven't seen those I in think a while. I think that's what that is. Carrie must have been charmed by this first interaction with Dave because later that evening, she made a Plenty of Fish profile with the sole purpose to get in contact with Dave. Social media algorithms are great for this stuff. And sure enough, Dave and Carrie were suggested for each other. So everything's going the going as planned so yeah, far. Well played, Dave. Mm. Well played. Good for him. <laughs> Just doing a real quick look through. I'm not seeing any connection to okay. Christianity. All right. So maybe Marcus Friend is the CEO, the, the guy, guy who started it. It's out of uh, they're based out of Canada, actually. Oh. How about that? Be a good name for a sushi shop. Plenty of fish. I'd go there and eat. They're not going to run out with no. a name like that. Got plenty. <laughs> Dave and Carrie went on their first date on October 29th, 2012. They went to Applebee's and Dave was trying to have a good time, like excited that this woman who he viewed as out of his league was on a date with him. But Liz was blowing up his phone. So he couldn't fully get into the date. Uh oh. Like upwards of twenty calls and text within a ten minute time frame. Oh boy. He's splurging. Applebee's? Mm-hmm. He's working. On a Dave? first date? Yeah. Endless wings. Boneless wings, right? It's like thirty bucks. 
couple of those tall Brutus Brutuses, yeah. Brutus beers. Like two bucks on a Wednesday <laughs> night or something? Man. God damn, Dave. He must have knew she was the one. <laughs> Artichoke dip. Super good there. I mean, my go-to is always just take them to the mall food court, right? Get some Annie Ann's. Get whatever you want. <laughs> There's plenty of options. <laughs> I might want I might want the the Asian grill. You might want uh, Orange Julius. It's fine. Let's get both. Oh, I used to love Orange Splurge Julius. for both. That's good stuff. Mm. See, yeah. I know what I'm doing on my first dates. That would be so fucking funny to be like in our thirties and like just prank go out on a date with someone and take them to the mall. Uh, don't, don't go above twelve bucks. <laughs> Here I got I got you a preloaded Visa gift card for yeah, dinner. There's right. twelve dollars on this. Throw it on you this go to one. town, Donnie. My grandma got me Sparrow gift card. Don't worry about it, Tuts. <laughs> you go ahead and get the calzone. <laughs> so Dave went to the bathroom and called Liz and was like, "Hey, I'm out on a date. I'll call you back later." Liz wanted some stuff back that she had left at Dave's apartment. So he said. I'll make time for you tomorrow. I'm not home right now, but you can definitely come over tomorrow and get your stuff. Yeah, I'm sure you really need it tonight. Like, what is the stuff no. to call over and over? Again yeah, like right. Uh, oh, it's my blouse and my toothbrush. Okay. Yeah. Just an excuse to keep calling and being aggressive. Yeah. Dave and Carrie had a good rest of their dinner, and afterwards they went back to Dave's apartment to continue the night. Literally, as soon as they walked into Dave's apartment, his phone started to blow up again. And then within minutes, the buzzer to his apartment started ringing nonstop. Like, clearly, Liz had followed him home. The intercom was broken, so Dave had to walk down to the front lobby to talk to Liz. He told her that he had someone in his apartment. He would get in touch with her in the morning. But she was crying and demanding that she come up and get her stuff. And they're, like, talking through the glass because he's mm. not buzzing her in. She's acting like yeah. a fucking lunatic. He's getting ready to get down up there. Dave went back upstairs. Like after a while of arguing, Dave went back upstairs and told Carrie that there was a woman that he had met on a dating site that wanted some stuff back and she was refusing to leave. Carrie said, no worries. Call me when you have it sorted out. And he walked Carrie through the lobby where Liz and Carrie saw each other, but they didn't say anything to each other. Dave didn't say anything. It was just complete silent interaction. Mm. Cock blocking. He had some mega blue balls, I would imagine, at this time. He might turn that around for himself. Yeah? Hold on a second. Yeah. Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. Dave and Liz went up to his apartment where Liz wasn't really interested in getting her thing. She was just trying to fight with Dave about him dating other women. Oh, surprise, surprise, <laughs> Liz. Liz wanted Dave to commit to her, and he wasn't having it. This went back and forth for a while, but eventually Dave was able to get Liz to leave. At that point, Dave called Carrie, who was still on her drive home. He apologized up and down for everything. And Carrie said, don't worry about it. Why don't you just come over to my place still? And Dave was pumped. Like, God damn. Yeah, like, this woman's out of his league in his mind, willing to look past all this crazy drama. And Carrie's a real catch. Well, and as they you know, got to know each other more, she was looking for the same exact thing Dave was. She didn't want anything serious. She just wanted to hang out, hook up. Meet someone, have, have fun, get to know somebody. Because she had been married twice before. Good for Dave. Yeah. Good for Carrie. Yeah. She's getting dicked down. 
No commitments. A no commitment dick down. Like our forefathers used to do it. <laughs> Especially Benjamin Franklin. <laughs> I love the ladies. Thomas Jefferson. Yeah. A lot of rape at Thomas Jefferson's place, though. Very true. After this first date, Dave and Carrie were hanging out all the time, and things were going great. They both understood what each other wanted out of the relationship. Carrie worked for a company called West Corp, which was only a few blocks away from Dave's apartment. She had a big work assignment coming up. It sounded like a weeks-long overhaul of the company's IT department, something along those lines, where a programmer like Carrie was going to be you know, one of the most important people on the project. So two weeks into their relationship, Dave offered for Carrie to live in his apartment with him for that week. Carrie had a 45-minute commute to the office when she had to be there in person. So instead of driving back and forth, she agreed to crash at Dave's for that week. On Tuesday morning, November 13th, 2012, at 6.15 a.m., Carrie called West Corp for some type of an update on the project. She was still in bed and hadn't got ready for the day yet. Fifteen minutes later... Dave left for work. He said goodbye to Carrie. Everything seemed fine. At 6.39 a.m., Carrie logged on to her Facebook account, and then at 6.42, she logged out. At 9.54 a.m., Carrie unfriended Dave on Facebook, and at 10 a.m., Carrie asked Dave if he would want to move in together permanently. She texted him that. Dave was thrown off, and he told Carrie no. Like, I thought we both just, like, talked about having this you know mutual thing he wanted to take it slow and not commit to anything in under 30 seconds carrie replied quote fuck you then i'm seeing somebody else don't contact me i hate you go away hmm this doesn't seem like carrie (laughs) (laughs) hmm really hmm she seems super chill up until this point and now she's all aggressive Unfriending him. It's weird, right? Doesn't doesn't track. Unfriending him, but then asking to move in together. Hmm. It's a little weird. Six minutes. She unfriended him six minutes before the text. Yeah. Something is going on. <laughs> <laughs> so Dave was was pretty upset and he put his phone away and didn't look at it for the majority of that day. Poor guy can't catch a break right now. I don't know. He was upset. Yeah, that's rough. Um, and at this time, I'm assuming he was just thinking like, oh, she's off the rails too. Yeah. Like, like, man, like what the fuck just happened? Yeah. Like dating sites are fucking weird now. Yeah, right. <laughs> like dating is weird now. <laughs> when he got home from work that day, Dave found that all of Carrie's belongings were gone and he was really bummed out, but maybe he dodged a bullet if she was going to go off the rails that quick. Also on November 13th, Carrie texted her mother, Nancy, and told her that she had found a new job. Nancy was confused and asked Carrie questions about her son, like, hey, are you going to come get him for this wedding that's coming up? Carrie's stepbrother was getting married. Her kid played a lot of sports. He was involved in a lot of extracurricular. So she's like, are you going to come get him? And Nancy got no response. Nancy kept texting on the 14th and 15th, but still nothing. Her kid was with Nancy at this time? Right. She had taken her son to stay with her mom, Nancy, for that week while she was at Dave's work doing the work thing. Makes sense. Later on, on November 15th, Carrie's project manager at work received a text from Carrie that said she was quitting her job and was sending in a woman named Shana Goyar as her replacement. 
a job application came in from a Shanna Goliar, but she had zero qualifications to replace Carrie. Her manager was like, well, I'm not going to hire this person. I guess I'm out of a very good programmer in Carrie. The next day on November 16th, Carrie's credit card was used in two separate dollar store type places. One for purchase of $167.78 and another one for $226.56. So a lot of fucking stuff from a dollar store. Yeah, well, what are you buying out the whole aisle? I mean, in theory, that should be 167 things and 226 things. I know. But have you been to a dollar store at all recently? Probably not. No. I don't think anything is actually a dollar Doesn't really anymore. cost a dollar. No. <laughs> like, because now fraud. it's like... Fraud alert. Like fraud alert. S- some of those places... Where what? I was up uh, by Lake Erie recently, maybe a summer or two ago, and I needed a cooler. I forgot to bring one. Rookie mistake by me. It was terrible. Hmm. But... uh. <laughs> The nearest thing was like a Dollar General, and I hadn't been in the dollar store in forever. They're like little grocery stores now, like frozen food section, stuff like that. Mm. Nothing's a buck. It's <clears throat> cheaper than a, probably a going to Walmart or a Target or something, but there's yeah, the, so many out here. There's the, what? The, there's the Dollar Generals, and then there's the Dollar Trees. It's like a plague. What, what they do is they inf- infiltrate like, you know, lower class neighborhoods and Lowball stuff, so people go there. Other grocery stores close up shop. And then, you know, you're in food deserts where your only grocery store is these fucking dollar stores. And it's not good. I read a whole thing about dollar stores. Awful. Fuck them. I like them better (laughs) when they're just fucking a dollar. Yeah. I want to go in and just buy a dollar lollipop or a dollar soda. A little tchotchke or something. Oh, here's a a dollar. Oh, thank you. Thank you for my tchotchke. Yeah. Yeah, putting grocery stores out of business. Scumbags. What they're, doing. they're open all over the place. They can't. This one down the street I go by, they're not open because they can't staff it enough. Yet they're opening three more in town. It's just everywhere. I didn't realize we had that many in town. A ton of them. I honestly didn't either. There's one here at the corner. There's one down there. Not for me. All over the place. The only Fuck dollar em. store I go to is the McDonald's dollar menu. And even that's not, not even a dollar not anymore. anymore. No. <laughs> that's not it's like a real it's thing. Like the, it's like the dollar 20 to a dollar 50 menu. <laughs> that's right. I did have a Dave's Double and 10 spicy chicken nuggets today from Wendy's. <laughs> that sounds all right. It was a good lunch. You're still awake. It's impressive. Yeah. I fought through. <laughs> I didn't go with the triple. I was healthy about it. Made a healthy boy decision. Nice. Got the double instead of the triple. I tried a double Big Mac the other day. Like four patties? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so then it was the size of a regular burger. That's right. How That's was right. it? It was, it was pretty good. Yeah. I did. I mean... <laughs> I guess you can do that to anything. I would. I never thought to like do. Well, I'll have a double Big Mac, please. Yeah. Is that what you asked for? Yeah, I used the app. You get buy you, one, get one free. Uh, okay. Wait, you probably do. Like you just do a Big Mac double meat, right? No, it's actual called a double Big Mac. Mm. Oh, it's on the I menu. See. Yeah. I see what you mean. The big the the McDonald's app is awesome. It's every day you get something free. Like two for one sandwiches. Yeah, I don't think I need that in my life. Every day. <laughs> I don't think I need that. Some hell of a deal. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So she's spending two hundred bucks at the dollar store. And within those purchases, um, one thing that was bought was a very specific black and white shower curtain that had a uh, floral pattern on it. Also on that same day, Nancy reported Carrie as missing to the police. Carrie's house had been left in perfect condition, like she just vanished. But what was really alarming to her mother was that all of her bipolar medication was left behind. 
Carrie was really responsible in taking her medication, but it's possible to stop and go into a manic episode where you do some really erratic shit, like randomly quit your job and disappear. It's within the realm of possibility. And this is what the police were looking at. This is how they were looking at it, especially since Carrie had still been texting Nancy and her employer off and on. Bipolar episode, Mike? You think a little differently now? No. Because we are covering the story. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) But But that is a little twist in this plot. Mm -hmm. And I I completely see the police, where they're coming from. That that is 100% possible. Sure. Well, and her home was untouched because she had moved out, right, to for the week. Right. Like, she left the mm-hmm. home. Mm-hmm. Did she not take medication with her to Dave's? I'm assuming she did. She must But have. maybe not take, she didn't take all of it, so that's why it was still sitting in her house. Yeah, maybe that's it. Maybe just took a five-day. Makes sense. Sure. Five days worth or whatever she was staying. The following day, on November 17th, Nancy received a text from Carrie with a picture of a $5,000 check made out to Carrie signed by uh, Shanna Goliar and asked Nancy to let Shanna into Carrie's home to move out a bedroom set that Shanna had bought from Carrie. Nancy knew something was off, so she reported this to the police. Police contacted the cell phone company and got a ping on November 18th. They couldn't locate the phone, But the ping did show up near someone named Shana Goliar's residence. Police never attempted to reach out to Shana or to find out if she was a real person. I don't know if this is incompetence or a misstep. I don't know what, but this was a lead that was not looked into. Seems like it's a good lead. Yeah. While all of this was going on, Dave started to receive harassing texts from Carrie. And a lot of the subject matter was surrounding the woman that Dave had previously been hooking up with, Liz. A lot of calling Liz fat, ugly, and a whore. And again, Dave was super confused. Then Liz contacted Dave, and she was super mad, and told Dave that the woman that he had been seeing, Carrie, was sending her all kinds of nasty texts and emails. And this goes zero to hundred where Dave and Liz were each getting upwards of 60 harassing texts and emails a day from mm. Carrie. Looney Tunes. I have questions, but I feel like they're going to be answered. So I'll wait. All right. Also, while Nancy was getting these weird texts and whatnot, Liz came home to find someone, presumably Carrie broke into her garage and wrote whore from Dave in red paint on the wall. And there were also some checks missing from inside the house. Liz reported the break-in to the Omaha Police Department, and then almost immediately after, Dave and Liz both started getting text messages from Carrie bragging about how she got away with breaking into Liz's house and all the same stuff as you know Liz being a whore and everything. Hmm. Hmm. That's what I write when I want to harass people. Whore from Dave. <laughs> In red. I've gotten those so texts. So I know it's from me. I've gotten those texts. <laughs> Red font. I would say they're middle of the night, but uh, <laughs> Dave's not up that late. So it's like 4 a.m. when he wakes up <laughs> to eat his porridge and drink his coffee. And <laughs> Porridge. What is porridge? I don't even know what that is. It's like an oatmeal, right? I don't know. I've we've, never eaten I think porridge. we've had this conversation what? on here. I think we've had this conversation about porridge? porridge. I think it's just another name for oatmeal. Is right? it? Like I think of it in my mind as just like a thicker oatmeal. Yeah. Porridge. porridge. That's a weird word. That's one of those words like you know what it means, but you don't really know what it 
It's breakfast. It's a hot breakfast. I just think of Goldilocks, right? Yeah. Three bears. Porridge is a food made by heating or boiling ground, crushed, or chopped starchy plants, typically grain and milk or water. So, yeah. So that. That's it. Okay. You're right. (laughs) Okay. Gross. I don't want that shit. I've never been into oatmeal either. I wanted to get yeah. into it and I, I couldn't. I love oatmeal. Do you? I think mm. we, I feel like we have had this exact <laughs> conversation. <laughs> Probably. No. No, thank you. We definitely have because I was getting ready to bring up the dinosaur ones with like the <laughs> eggs that melt and there's a little gummy dinosaur. Oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> I still make it. You still eat those? <laughs> yeah. Do you? It's like, you're goddamn right I do. That's good. Every day of my fucking life. That's good. <laughs> I wish I liked it. I just don't. It seems like an adult thing to do. I, I don't do very many adult things. That's why you get the ones with the dinosaurs in them. <laughs> you feel like a kid. <laughs> <laughs> well, remember, like they used to have like the apple, like brown or the, in a little the, packet, the, the cinnamon. Yeah, those were okay. Brown sugar. Yeah, yeah. but that was like the oatmeal. Yeah, that wasn't that great. Certainly wasn't all right. Yeah, it helped. I'll just eat frosted mini wheats now and feel like an adult. <laughs> or Pop Tart. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking strawberry Pop Tarts are awesome. I did not realize till recently how unhealthy those were for you. No, you didn't. <laughs> like the strawberry, the strawberry Pop Tart is mm-hmm. the second most unhealthiest snack in the world. Is that right? Behind like I it was like a Cheeto puff or something. Mm. I just saw something on Instagram where it ranked like the top ten unhealthiest snacks and well it's a the specific table it's not a snack per se but i just think it's funny that the strawberry one specifically was singled mm. out like not the chocolate marshmallow mm. yeah. or any of those like the oreo cookie right it was the fucking strawberry that's the one. best one <laughs> strawberry frosted fucking pop tarts do you eat them hot or cold either or I, I don't eat those. I don't eat. They're I don't really good though as yeah, a I kid oh, i loved pop tarts uh, oh, i haven't same. had them in forever yeah, now same they're so good. I feel like you're being fancy when you heat them up. <laughs> like that takes a whole extra <laughs> step. Fucking bougie guy over here <laughs> toasting his uh, his pop tarts. <laughs> but yeah, apparently those strawberry ones, the mm. top of the list. Wow, it's shocking. Not really. I don't remember what the source was. Maybe it wasn't very scientific. <laughs> just some dude on Instagram made it. Up. Yeah, right. He just had a thing against pop tarts and was like, "Fuck them." Probably an oatmeal manufacturer, <laughs> so you don't, they don't want you to eat that bullshit. Well, I'm not going to turn to oatmeal, though. <laughs> I'll stick with an English muffin and a black coffee. That's not bad. As men do. As men do. So all this harassment and drama gave Dave and Liz a mutual connection, like all wrapped up in what Carrie was doing to them. As a result, Dave and Liz got closer again and eventually started on and off dating. All right, I'm going to interrupt right here. Mm-hmm. My thoughts at this point, I think Liz murdered Carrie. Interesting. That is my thought right now. Or at least abducted her. Okay. Let's see where that leads. Carrie was also still active on Facebook. Uh, November 21st, she posted, quote, moving to Kansas for a great job. We'll miss my family and great friends. Then on November 26th, she posted, quote, got a great guy, Dave Krupa. Moving down to Kansas. Now, if I can get my son to move with me, I'd be so happy. Nancy didn't believe for a second that this was Carrie posting on Facebook or texting her. She thought for sure something was very nefarious behind all of this. One, she she never thought that Carrie would leave behind her son, Max. Like, just straight up abandon him. And that's, you know, 
essentially what has happened. Yeah. Second, Carrie's father had terminal cancer at this time. Uh, like he 100% was going to die fairly soon. And Nancy thought that there was, again, it was no way that Carrie would just leave in the middle of that going on as well. Carrie's father ended up passing away on December 7th, 2012. And shortly after, Nancy had a dream where her husband, Dennis, told her not to worry that Carrie was with him. This dream was super realistic, and Nancy said at that point she accepted that Carrie was probably dead and she needed to figure out what happened. The 60 or so texts and emails never stopped. It was just all day, every day. Dave got his car keyed. Carrie texted and took responsibility for it. The auto shop where Dave worked at received phone calls nonstop all day, so their phones were all tied up. The front of the shop was spray painted with all kind of shit about Dave and Liz being a whore. And Carrie was taking responsibility for all of this stuff through texts and emails. It's got to be pretty frustrating. Extremely. Remember the Seinfeld episode when George kept calling the coffee shop to get the waitress fired that he was dating? <laughs> That's right. That's what this reminds me of. <laughs> <laughs> Your boyfriend's on the phone again. It's like he's not my boyfriend. He's their friend. He's trying to get me in trouble. Oh, that was like the manager or the cook or something, yeah. right? And then he looks at Jerry and Elaine. Yeah, right. <laughs> and now at this point in the story, we're moving to May of 2013. So this is like a year yeah. of this going on. Every uh, day. All, all day. day. Yep. I feel bad for Carrie's son. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So by May of 2013, the bonding over Carrie's harassment kind of started to fizzle out between Dave and Liz because Dave was still like, I'm not trying to do this like super serious thing. Yeah. And this crazy harassment is the only thing that brought us together. So it's kind of unhealthy. Like I'm moving on from sure. this. It's weird. Understandable. So Dave hopped back on Plenty of Fish and met a single mother named Jessica McCarthy. Like the site literally proves its namesake. There are plenty of fish out there. and He has no keep, trouble. Keep reeling in more. Yeah. <laughs> Might not be great fish. <laughs> But there's plenty of them. Oh, there's, there's plenty, plenty of them. <laughs> That's right. He's three for three, right? Yeah. yeah. They friended each other on Facebook and started talking through Facebook Messenger. They never met in person. The same day that Jessica friended Dave on Facebook, Carrie messaged Jessica and said, quote, you must be Dave's new whore. He has herpes from the whore he was dating. I would watch out for oh, him. Oh, my God. Like, goddamn. You got to tell people I have herpes. Jeez. <laughs> Did he really have herpes though, or is she just making it up? I don't think he had herpes. Right. <laughs> I'm going to give him the no, benefit wait, for real, of the doubt. Does he have herpes though? <laughs> I, I, inquiring minds want to know. I'm going to say he didn't. That All was right. not confirmed on the documentaries you guys watched. Mm -mm. I did not see that. No, <laughs> I would have sent him some Valtrex if if it was positive. That's nice of you. I thought so. They don't might not have Valtrex in uh, Nebraska. I don't think it was invented there yet. No, <laughs> they're a little slower. <laughs> Although after Avenged Sevenfold comes to town, you probably need some. <laughs> Before and after. <laughs> preventative belt. <laughs> this is preventative. I'm going to make some stupid decisions tonight. <laughs> <laughs> then Carrie started spamming Jessica with crazy stuff like, quote, I'll keep messaging you. He has been with me for five months. I will run off any woman who tries to be with him. He's sleeping with three people I know. And I got rid of one whore. And then there was another one that said, quote, guess you're not learning what I'm telling you. I will come kill you and your fucking kids. I have killed a dog owned by David's last whore he tried to be with. 
I will cut your kids' throats and yours while you sleep. Jessica's like, I have never even seen this man in person. (laughs) Why is this happening to me? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's terrible. So she reported this to the police on May 11th, 2013. And Dave had spoken with the police multiple times about all of this. And no one could pinpoint where exactly Carrie was to try and catch her. Carrie ramped up the harassment on Jessica, messaging her ex-husband, talking about what a whore Jessica was, all kinds of stuff. So, of course, Jessica stopped talking to Dave. Like, I can't be involved in whatever this is. And as soon as Jessica unfriended Dave on Facebook, the harassment stopped. Hmm. Not too long after all of this stuff cooled down, Dave got a text from Carrie showing someone who resembled Liz tied up in the trunk of a car. Dave was freaking out, trying to get a hold of Liz and couldn't get her back on the phone. Dave was getting ready to call the police when Liz called him back and thankfully Liz was alive and well and this was just more mind games from Carrie. That's how Dave saw it. And then she wrote up this nasty obituary for Liz on one of those online obituary sites and stuff starts getting pretty dark can you do that right fake obituaries for people i'd like to try that (laughs) i guess when you can create wikipedia pages for anybody right true Hmm. i'm gonna try that (laughs) let's do it when i bury declan alive (laughs) and just be a real obituary no one else is gonna write one for him (laughs) loving intern and beloved cunt (laughs) What was it from uh, Curb? Beloved Ant. Belo- yeah, but it was Beloved Cunt. Beloved Cunt. <laughs> it was a typo. Everyone blame Larry for <laughs> yeah, it. But sure. <laughs> it's one of the first episodes, isn't it? Like the er- first season? Yeah, definitely. First that couple. Was yeah. really good. They were mad at him. He's like, what? Yeah. I wrote Ant! I wrote Ant! <laughs> <laughs> Later on in early summer of 2013, Dave was coming home to his apartment. It was like midnight or so. And he saw Liz in the parking lot and she ducked down real quick in between some cars. He said out loud, like, Liz, I know what you're doing. Like, get up. But she wouldn't respond. So he's like, whatever, weirdo, and went inside. Almost immediately, Dave got a message from Liz saying that she was sorry. She was super drunk. She had been at the bar across the street drinking with friends. And Dave's like, I don't give a fuck. Like, hmm. And went to bed. Warning sign. Yeah. Probably hindsight being 2020. Yep. What's Liz doing there? Weirdo. Crawling around in between cars. (laughs) 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 What's weird about Liz, too, is that the whole time that this was going on, that she wanted something serious with Dave, she already had something serious going on with a guy named Todd Butterbaugh. Liz had met Todd in 2010 through a dating site, so two years before she met Dave. And they were really serious. He helped her out with her bills. He helped buy her a car. Then eventually in 2013, he let her move in with him, and she brought her two kids. So she is a dirty whore. The graffiti was accurate. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. Two-timing. How about that, Liz? Mm. I'm telling you, there's something going on with Liz here. Mm. Really? Smell it from page one of the notes. (laughs) (laughs) When Liz moved in with Todd in 2013, it was because her financial situation was really bad. She was being evicted from her house and not paying the rent. She moved in on July 30th, 2013, and got her kids settled, and the majority of her important personal belongings were moved into Todd's. 
Liz still had until August 30th to be fully moved out of the house. So she still had her pets there. She didn't know what to do with them yet. She had two dogs, a cat, and a snake. On August 17th, 2013, at 8.15 a.m., the fire department was called and rushed to the house that Liz was being evicted from. The house was set on fire, killing all of the pets inside and destroyed everything else. Like, legit, the house was burnt down. And investigators immediately knew it was arson. And like clockwork, Carrie started texting and emailing, claiming responsibility for the fire. She called Dave, and Dave came rushing to the scene to console Liz. And he had no idea about Todd Butterbaugh or any of this eviction stuff. In Dave's mind, this was Carrie taking the stalking and harassment to an insane level and actually trying to kill yeah. Liz and her kids. Burning down a house, no small thing. Fast forward to 2015. Carrie never stopped harassing Dave and Liz. And she had also reached out to her family every once in a while. Try to just like wrap your mind around that just for one second. Like three fucking years of this nonstop. Like that Dave guy has to be... I couldn't even imagine living like that because yeah. it gets very threatening. Like he'll be out, let's say he's pumping the gas somewhere and he'll get a text message. And it's like, I see you at Sunoco. You're, mm -hmm. at, you're at pump number four. Or he was standing mm -hmm. outside at work having a smoke or something. The same thing. And like there was cops that tried to stake it out. And they're like, she must be right around here. Mm -hmm. And they Never couldn't ping anything. again. Like, I don't understand. Did they not try that? It, it seems unusual that you couldn't locate these devices. This isn't like you know, this is hardcore harassment. Yeah, this isn't 30 years ago. Like, I don't know. No, it's 10 years ago. Yeah, like, <laughs> seems like they probably could have done a little bit more to look iPhones to existed. Yeah. You can find them. Yeah. yeah. So, I, was I, he I not know. aggressive with the police? Like, did he just try to play it off like uh, it's just a psycho and whatever? Or was he going to the police like weekly? Like Shh, this bitch won't stop. They, he was actively working with the police. Yeah, working with them. But if you're on the their time, you know, maybe once every few months you hear from them. I'm just wondering if is he reporting like I'm at, I see you at the Sunoco, and then the next day, oh, I see you at hometown buffet. When oh, the house burnt down, it got pretty fucking serious. Yeah, yeah. you would think the police really wanted to figure out what was yeah. going on. But he changed phones. He dropped his number. He got new numbers, all, all kinds of stuff. And it, and just, it kept happening, kept happening. Hmm. So she reached out to her family every once in a while, too. And one of the examples was Carrie's son. Um, I think he was 14 when all of this was happening, somewhere 13, 14. One night, Carrie messaged him on Facebook Messenger and started talking all nice to him. And Max didn't believe that it was his mom, or at least he was unsure about it. So he started asking really personal questions that only Carrie would know. And sure enough, Carrie stopped talking to him and never reached out to Max again. Ugh, that's terrible. Mm. That poor kid. Yeah, because you know, like when you catch somebody in some shit online and you like have this adrenaline, you're all worked up and stuff. Like yeah. adding that, those feelings to your mom. You know, yeah. sure. as a kid trying to process that, that's got to be so fucking scary, scary. And yeah. And like you're, like just you're sitting devastated on the and you want it to be your mom. Yeah. Sitting on the computer one night and it just pops up. Like if that's not her, then that's just, you know, that's brutal. 
I'm assuming it's not from the standpoint of he's asking these questions and she's just yeah, just fucking with a teenager like that. Hasn't seen his mom in three years. I mean, yeah. that's next level kind of. That's horrible. Callousness. That's where my head's at. Again, I don't know. I think it's Liz fucking with Max. So in 2015, the case was pretty much cold. No one could figure out where Carrie was, how she was stalking Dave and Liz. Like you said, Dave, they did stakeouts where the police would watch around spots at Dave's apartment. But they could never find Carrie. Sergeant James Doty got a hold of the arson case where Liz's house was burnt down. And he went down the rabbit hole of all the harassment, all the stuff that had been going on with Carrie. Third cousin of Richard? Uh, maybe. Could be. <laughs> <laughs> all Dodies are related. Yeah, probably. <laughs> There's four of them across the country. <laughs> he sat down with Detective Ryan Avis and computer forensics expert Anthony Caba. They bounced ideas around about this case. And they're all three of them are younger guys. They're probably like, I would say within our age range, Mike. The these three guys. The police. Are, yeah, these three okay. guys are younger. And so they were bounced. young, yeah. strapping, mm-hmm. healthy athletic men like us. <laughs> like those two cops are best friends. It's kind of interesting. Like the one where there's a cowboy hat and his buddy's like, he's the most metro cowboy. <laughs> He's like, he's I've never been, been a, he's never been on a horse. <laughs> he was, he's got he like pulls a, it off to look. He's got like the big Hogan stash yeah. and stuff. <laughs> it's like, yeah, no, that guy, he, he, he bought that hat at like Goodwill. <laughs> and Anthony Cava is like your stereotypical nerd sitting behind a computer. Yeah, like on the spectrum guy. Mm-hmm. Real this focused. has like Reno 911 vibes. <laughs> Everyone had been investigating this case on face value, that Carrie was alive and doing all the stalking, even though no one had actually seen her since November 13th, 2012. So the new approach that they were going to take was they were going to investigate this like Carrie was dead. Mm, Now we're on to something. Mm. Smell that? (laughs) It's a lead. (laughs) They couldn't find anything suggesting that Carrie was still alive outside of the texts and emails. So they talked to Dave since he was the last one to see Carrie. And just like back in 2012, he was super helpful. They told Dave about a woman named Shana Goliar who sent a picture of a check to Carrie's mom that was made out to Carrie and signed by Shana. How Shana applied for Carrie's job, all that stuff. And this has to be the most holy fuck moment that anyone could ever experience because Dave was like, yeah, I know Shana Goliar. She goes by Liz. Her name is Shana Elizabeth Goliar. She's the person that I've been on and off dating for throughout this whole saga, pretty much. What? Motherfucker. <laughs> hmm. Wow. If everyone just would have got together and talked a couple of years ago, <laughs> right? <laughs> you know. Uh, hmm. Why did they not bring that? To Dave's attention three years earlier. This didn't put two and two together. But it was all involving the same person, Carrie. This stuff's going on and di- there's different uh, jurisdictions happening too. That's right. That's right. Carrie was reported missing in Iowa. Where her mom was. Mm-hmm. Right. So there wasn't communication going on exactly until these, these new guys got a hold of the case. Okay. 
That same old story going back to, you know, the early days of serial killer hunting. Mm-hmm. That the yeah. police departments didn't talk to each other. If Yeah. If they would have got together and talked a little bit, they would have probably figured this out pretty quick. Did I just become an official detective tonight? <laughs> we got your badge, uh, Declan's polishing it in the other room. <laughs> mm. Mm. Well, what's he polishing with? He's been known well, to fuck know. everything. <laughs> that little piece we'll of shit. We'll see how much it shines, won't we? <laughs> Put his dick in anything that he can, or on anything he can. <laughs> Don't wear short sleeve shirts around him. Jesus. Why? What happens with just put his dick team? on your arm? Oh. So that's a really weird thing to say. <laughs> just fucking put his dick on your arm. It's real weirdo. Dick on your arm. Yeah. <laughs> fucking pervert. <laughs> Anthony Kava started pouring through all the texts and emails that the alleged Carrie had been sending Dave. And he started looking at the picture that showed who appeared to be Liz in the trunk of a car. The metadata showed that the picture was taken with an LG Spectrum cell phone, model number VS920, to which Dave confirmed that that was the same type of phone that Liz used all the time. So now they fully suspect that Liz had killed Carrie, possibly kidnapped her, who knows, but she did something nefarious to Carrie and has been posing as her this whole time. Well, I'm glad the police finally caught up to me. You just needed someone who actually knew how any IT stuff worked and put it together pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Like if anyone knew what they were doing three years ago, they probably could have did this a lot quicker. Yeah. It's not that hard to like track stuff down these days. Like people that don't know how to cover their tracks, you're pretty easy to find these days. Yeah. Coveryourtracks.com. It's <laughs> <laughs> very simple. <laughs> you know, you're not wrong. Hello, I just I just made a murder and I left a bunch of tracks in the snow. What should I do? Oh boy. Cover them. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. That's a great idea. <laughs> just made a murder. I bet she has. Well, I was just looking at a bunch of uh, kitty porn on the dark web and um I think I made a digital trail. What should I do? Digital trail. <laughs> I don't want Chris Hansen showing up at my house. Oh, I hope he shows up and busts her. Sent her to prison for a while. <laughs> you want to talk about harassing texts and phone calls? Jesus. I'm assuming it was Mrs. Hildebrandt you were doing, well, right? <laughs> I mean, it sounded just like her. I have limited number of voices. I was just doing your everyday average uh, non-computer literate person mm. calling the hotline <laughs> to cover their tracks. Well, it gave me PTSD. <laughs> Hello, I just uh, coveryourtracks.com. I just broke into Mike Nalapod's house and uh, boiled his rabbit. I, and I don't know what to do now. What should boiled I do? his rabbit. <laughs> For fatal attraction? <laughs> of course I don't, Dave. Assuming they boiled a rabbit. They boiled though. a rabbit, yes. <laughs> Sounds like a terrible thing. boiled scene. a rabbit. So let's get into some background on Liz. She was born Shana Elizabeth Goliar on June 28th, 1975 in Kalamazoo, Michigan. No, oh, Michigan figures. <laughs> when she was three years old, her mother was killed in a car accident, which resulted in Liz bouncing around to different foster homes. Presumably a tough childhood. When she was 22, she moved in with a guy she had been dating named Raymond. Raymond's family didn't like Liz at all. And he started to not be a fan of Liz after a while. Are you saying that everyone loved Raymond? They didn't love her? (laughs) 
<laughs> now that's a show we all get. <laughs> it's three weeks in a row we're uh, How about that? dropping shows. <laughs> she was getting really obsessive and jealous of female co-workers of Raymond's and really going off the rails. Before Raymond could break up with Liz, she announced that she was pregnant and the relationship got a little better. Then out of nowhere, when Liz was eight months pregnant, she moved out and moved in with another guy, 21-year-old Neil Munson. Neil's family also hated Liz immediately. Jeez. <laughs> pattern, pattern. <laughs> Neil was intellectually disabled. He didn't need full-time care like he could have lived on his own for the most part, held a job and stuff, but he still needed some help, and he was easy to take advantage of. And that's what his family felt was that Liz was taking advantage of him. On August 25th, 1998, Cody Goliar was born. And Raymond didn't really get to see the baby at all. All the care was done by Liz and Neil. Then at five months old, the baby died. Just random, which could be attributed to SIDS. But at the hospital, the autopsy showed that the baby had died from shaken baby syndrome. So Neil talked to the police, and he said that the night before, Liz had called him freaking out, saying that she had accidentally dropped the baby. But he also said that he was playing with the baby, like tossing him up into the air to make him laugh. So maybe he was responsible for the baby's death. Neil was charged with second-degree murder. Hello, shutyourmouth.com. Uh, <laughs> this wacky girl that lived with me, her kid died, and uh, the cops are asking me all these questions. Uh, what should I do? Shut your mouth. Oh, thank you. That's, a, that's, that's great advice. This story is getting more and more fucked up and depressing. It's bizarre, right? Yeah. Multiple people said that in the aftermath of this, Liz was living her best life and she wasn't grieving at all. It was like a huge weight was off her. Then she started turning hmm. over letters. I've heard that before. <laughs> About a 20 pound weight, right? She started turning over letters that Neil had supposedly been writing Liz from his jail cell where he was admitting to shaking the baby around. Neil's family said that there was no way that he wrote these letters. They were too well written. He wasn't able to write that well. But it didn't matter. Neil was found guilty and sentenced to eight years in prison. He's out now and has a family and two kids and still maintains his innocence that he didn't kill the baby, that this was all Liz manipulating the situation. Jeez. But all the way back then, she's faking letters. Mm -hmm. Learned how to manipulate a whole situation to the point where someone goes to jail for eight that years. That guy got yeah. fucked. That poor guy. To be fair, like he a, shouldn't have been throwing a five-month-old baby in the air. Probably not, but well, no. But I, I, I don't think, think I don't think that he killed. I also wonder what he meant baby. by throwing. You know, was he just kind of? It's still aggressive, but just trying to play with the baby to bond with it. You know, and this poor guy felt so bad that he felt like he had to tell the police the truth. Yeah. On top of the fact that he's, you know, he's intellectually disabled, and he probably he, shouldn't have been alone with the kid to begin with, right? I don't think he should have been. No. Yeah, that, I mean, that I don't know, depending on what his situation was, sure. but it sounded like he, his life got ruined by this, just as obviously the baby's was. Hmm. Starting to not, I'm starting to not like Liz. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who definitely should have never talked to police without an attorney, of course. No. Talking about the Neil. Yeah. 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 
Yeah, because as soon as he said that, he was throwing the baby up in the air. Yeah, okay. it seems like he was just trying to do the right thing, you know. Well, like that, in his mind, like he of was course, like, "Of course, this baby died. That's not the I right feel thing. so bad. Yeah, maybe I did it. Like you know, that poor guy." So we're seeing a pattern emerge here. Mm-hmm. After this, Liz went on to have two more kids with two different guys. These are the kids that were living with her during all this Carrie stuff was going on. One of those guys was dating a woman named Melissa who said that Liz was getting really out of hand with all the psychotic stuff. She keyed Melissa's car. Liz cut her hair and dyed it to match Melissa's. She took out some credit cards in Melissa's name and started sending Melissa pictures and videos of Liz herself having sex with some dude that Liz was dating at the time. Are these in an evidence folder somewhere? (laughs) Of Liz. (laughs) So to sum all that up, Liz is a very unstable human being, and this background makes her more of a suspect in the disappearance of Carrie. Hmm. Starting to suspect you might be onto something, Mike. <laughs> Not confirmed yet, but hmm. we're very close. We're very close. Dave really feared for his safety after the fire incident and things. Like that's a really drastic turn yeah in this whole thing so he bought a gun for protection he had it up in like a little um like a locked carrying case up in the top of his closet around thanksgiving of 2015 dave agreed to spend it with liz like she had been blowing him up nonstop, and so he agreed to spend it with her dave's ex amy flora was still, you know, they were still living in the same general area. And she had a baby with another guy and the baby was sick. She didn't have anyone to help her. So Dave helped out, said that Mm. he would take her into the hospital and and stuff. Amy being his first wife, correct? His first partner. They never got married. But he had two kids with her and moved to Nebraska, Omaha with her. Right. So now she has another baby, baby sick. Dave goes to help Amy. What What a good dude, right? And he told Liz, like, hey, I can't spend Thanksgiving with you now because I have, you know, to do this. And Liz was freaking out over it. And then you like, don't he say. officially was like, fuck you. Like, I have to take care of this kid. What, like, yeah. If you're going to be this way, I don't want to talk yeah. to you anymore. And by that point, he had known about the Shayna connection. Yes, he knew that, so there he was some, was, that there was something weird going on. Yeah. Yeah, it's odd they didn't put two and two and all that together and at, yet at this point he's still open to hanging out with her and stuff but maybe big, at, th- at that point he was thinking it could have still been carrie pulling the strings like harassing liz slash shana trying to implicate her yeah in, in something maybe yeah, all right okay that's fair when you get to december 2015 dave is now fully aware that liz is behind all of this stuff And on December 4th, 2015, Liz told police that Amy now was sending her threatening messages on Facebook and texts before she thought that it was Carrie doing it for all these years. But now she thought that it was Amy who had been pretending to be Carrie this whole time. Liz let the police check her phone for these messages. And after looking at the phone, the police said that they would bring Amy in and talk to her. So now Carrie's not the impediment to her being with Dave. Amy is. Yes. Hmm, just as Amy came back into the picture with Dave. Interesting. Hmm. Shifting focus here. Hmm. Hmm. 
The next morning, Liz showed the police more messages she said were from Amy. Then that same evening, around 6.40 p.m., the police responded to a 911 call from a park in Council Bluffs, Iowa. They found Liz near her car with a gunshot wound to her left thigh. Liz's story about what happened that night changed over the next couple of days and weeks, but she always kept saying that Amy was the one who shot her. Right before that, Dave came home and found his gun was missing. He's like, oh, fuck. Oh. Yeah. Hmm. Weird, right? There's a 0% chance that Amy shot Liz. Liz no. shot herself in the thigh. She is. She stole that gun and then shot herself. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yep. Whew. On December 7th, 2015, the police got permission to check Amy and Dave's phones. They found from Dave's phone that many of the emails he thought were from Carrie actually came from Todd Butterbaugh's IP address when Liz was living with him. What? investigators went and talked to Todd and he said in January 2013 he started receiving texts and email messages from Carrie Farver. In those messages Carrie explained that she was one of Liz's friends and Liz had given her Todd's contact information in case Carrie ever needed an emergency contact for Liz. When Todd asked Liz about the messages she said yeah I know Carrie it's my friend. In general, the texts and emails between Carrie and Todd were about Todd's relationship with Liz. Mm. Imagine if Liz focused this motivation, this this work, this effort into curing cancer. Would have been cured ten years ago. Might have been. Yeah. Or multi level marketing. Anything. <laughs> Anything, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> the funny part about this is that Todd. That Anthony Cava, the, the forensic police guy who was investigating mm. all this, Todd Butterball worked for the county. And Anthony was his boss. So like <laughs> he found this. He's like, and the guy worked for me. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, they can make good cliffhangers and, you know, Netflix. Sure. Like, that is a weird twist. What the fuck is going on here? Yeah. And he had to go, like, Confront his have employee. A, have a warrant to, like, search this, yeah. this Todd guy's weird. shit. Like, hey, Todd. Excuse me, this is going to be unpleasant. <laughs> oh, he called him Butterball. You got to call him Butterball, right? Well, hey, Butterball. Well, uh, you don't want to call someone Todd. It's <laughs> fucking disgusting. It is a disgusting name. It's it's near Keith. You guys don't like Todd? Todd. No. Isn't that no. from Breaking Bad? Isn't that his name? Oh. The one we that hate. Todd. Yeah. I think a Christmas vacation. <laughs> and why is oh. the carpet all wet, Todd? I don't know, Margo. <laughs> Fuck you, Todd. Oh All of you gosh. Todds out there. Is that the actor that you still to yeah. this day want to? Clemens, yeah. yeah. I watched The Killers of the Flower Moon the other day and that motherfucker's in it. And as soon as I see that dumb face, <laughs> I, I want to fucking kill this guy. <laughs> like he's, when I watched Breaking Bad, he's not, like he's obviously dislikable, but I didn't walk away from it feeling the same way you guys did. To me, he was the same as like a villain in anything else. Oh man, when he—it's funny that you guys get so fired. When he up goes to that ho- Jesse's girlfriend's house and shoots her in the back of the head. When mm. he says it's not personal, he's yeah. just like, don't get me wrong. He's not a good guy. Oh, that's the worst. One of the worst characters ever. Mm-hmm. Well, still not as bad as Walter White's wife, right? Come on, mm. <laughs> fucking <Wow>. abysmal. <laughs> Yeah, it's, I was all, like, it's all her fault. I was like, just fucking shoot her already. God damn. 
I always see her pop up though as like the most the least liked TV characters of all time. Yeah, she was not she was not likable. Nobody was likable in that show. Not really. Mm-mm. No, like Ian said it best, and, and I think I agreed. Like I I ended the show liking Jesse. Yeah. He was the only one that I was like really rooting for. Mm-hmm. And at yeah, the start, you were like, "This guy's a fucking piece of shit." Yeah. Once he strangled Todd, it was awesome. That was sweet. <laughs> so at this point, uh, police put a they put a tracking device on Liz's car, and they were just watching her movements and and kind of seeing how she was pulling off this stocking. And they saw that she was just like driving around Amy's house, just circling it all day long for hours. It's fucking crazy. Does she not have a job at this point? Like, didn't she own a cleaning company at one point? But is it like Butterball was supporting her? She wasn't yeah, she working. She wasn't at making time? any money. Yeah. No, because the house that she had been evicted from in in um, burnt she burnt down herself. <laughs> <laughs> what? It was Spoiler, a geez. It was a Section Eight housing. Like it was oh, a government okay. assistance thing. So okay. she even back then she didn't. She was literally focusing all of her effort on stalking Dave and keeping him single. She could have cured cancer. She might have. And every time things started to fizzle out between them, you know, where he started drifting away a bit, there would be some crazy vandalism or something that Carrie would do. Mm -mm -mm. And he would run back just being a nice guy, like, oh, I'll come help you. And she'd be commiserating. Well, with me. The investigators working this case came up with a plan. What they were going to do or what they did was they told Dave, hey, you should move back in with Amy. That if I'm worried about the safety of my kids, I don't care if it's my ex, you know, I'll move back in with her for a while till we get this all resolved. Yeah. So he agreed. He moved back in and took the advice from from the uh, the investigators. And sure enough, Liz fucking freaked out and she called the police and was like, she shot me. I want her arrested. She's moving in with Dave. Like how did she's just getting to walk around free when I was shot by her? Like this made her lose her mind. Doubling down on that whole gunshot wound. Mm -hmm. So towards the end of January, beginning of February, 2016, Dave moved back in with Amy. The week after Liz reached out to the police and the plan worked. She was frustrated that Amy hadn't been charged for the shooting. Investigators, they told her that they needed more. So Liz agreed to let them download data from her cell phone again after she claimed she had gotten more threatening emails from Amy. At that point, investigators told Liz that they were considering Amy as a suspect in the shooting. They just said, we need more evidence to proceed with charges. If Liz could give them more, they could arrest her but the emails that Liz had shown them so far weren't enough. <laughs> this is getting dangerously close to uh, BTK. Uh, mm. If I give you this file, <laughs> can you find out uh, where it came from? Sure can't. Nope, nope, can't do it at all. Just bring them down. You're it a good is, citizen. It is a good bait operation they're running here. These cops are pretty smart. It's good. Finally. Yeah, it's good stuff. They might. They could have let Dave in on that, that they were kind of using him as bait. Yeah, but. yeah. But they also weren't wrong in the sense of, hey, maybe if you are feeling you want to protect your kids, go be there. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, that could have. Like, hey, if you go do this, it's going to ramp Liz up more, and that might help us. Yeah. 
smoking her out. There's recorded conversation of her on that documentary, and she is very upset, like <laughs> crying. Yeah. Like, how the fuck is this woman getting to move in with Dave after she shot me? Yeah. Like, Dave's the be-all, end-all. Like, <laughs> how is she winning Dave after she shot me? That is exactly what she sounds like. Let me tell you, Dave's drive the ladies crazy. <laughs> Look at the lengths <laughs> that women will go to to be with Dave. Mm. <laughs> All right, I'll tell. I have to take your word for it's it. It's a Kyle. phenomenon, for sure. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> Women will shoot themselves in the leg to be with Dave. They believe will, it. I'm learning they will do a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> Just be careful, pal. Be careful. It's a crazy world we live in. Jeff. The show would not do as well if Declan had to take over your seat. <laughs> Trust me, he That's can barely true. put a fucking sentence together. <laughs> <laughs> He won't be as witty with those intros. <laughs> and I'm Declan. <laughs> this is Nick from Nova Pod. <laughs> Fucking cunt kid. <laughs> Liz began to receive new emails, supposedly from Amy, related to Carrie's murder. Oh, that's weird. <laughs> How convenient. These emails were dated December 21st, 2015 to February 24th, 2016. And they had several confessions to Carrie's murder, the arson at Liz's house, and at least one claiming to be responsible for shooting Liz. The emails detailing Carrie's murder provided specific information about how it happened. They varied in descriptions. However, they consistently said that Carrie was stabbed in her car, her body was wrapped in a tarp, later burned and disposed of in the trash. They also mentioned cleaning Carrie's car afterward, impersonating Carrie after the murder, and breaking into Carrie's house after the murder, which one of those emails is extremely accurate describing the inside of Carrie's house. Mm-mm-mm. And they know this is Liz writing yeah. this, saying yeah. it's Amy. Mm. She got played. The download of Liz's phone showed she had made six calls to Carrie's landline on November 6th and November 7th, 2012, just a couple days before Carrie disappeared. It'd be like, what, a week before? Something like that? Something like that. They also found a picture of Carrie's Ford Explorer on the phone. Metadata showed the photograph was taken on December 24th, 2012. This date was after Carrie disappeared and before her Explorer was found parked near Dave's apartment in January of 2013. So Liz had her car somewhere. The download of Liz's cell phone also included a video that was uploaded to a YouTube account, supposedly by Carrie. The video showed an apartment complex that looked like Dave's and the IP address used to access that YouTube account was Todd Butterbaugh's. Butterbaugh! <laughs> you can never trust a Todd. God damn. If any of you ladies out there listening right now are married to or dating a Todd, or any fellas out there are married to or dating a Todd, run. Run. <laughs> that is the biggest red flag a man can have. Todd. Look your husband in the eye right now and, and tell him you're a red flag, pal. <laughs> that gets the Mike Namapod stamp of approval. Also Keith, but we've we've established that. At this point, it's your own fault if you're still with a Keith. We yeah, that's can't been a you. long-standing policy. We can't help you at this point if you're still with fucking knee pad wearing Keith. <laughs> I think we need to uh, mask your IP address dot com in our, <laughs> in our stable of advice websites. Well, that's cover your tracks. 
Yeah, that's uh, that would be a subtext. Of it's right your in tracks, there. It's perfect. Yeah. Cover yeah. your tracks. We'll sell you a VPN yeah. over there. <laughs> we selling VPNs now. Yeah. That's <laughs> we, all she needs. We should. To do. That's it. <laughs> what to solve this whole issue? Can we sell VPNs and can we also link people up with attorneys before they go sure for shutyourmouth.com? Sure, we could. Like I we think we have a business. Podcast is over. Let's do this from now on. <laughs> We're here to protect people. We sell blinds. We sell attorneys. We sell VPNs. We sell it all. It's a clearinghouse. We do it all out of the trunks of our car <laughs> in Walmart and Dollar General parking lots. In a non-extradition country with a triple VPN. Yes. It's set. Now this is a lucrative business idea. <laughs> Fuck this talking thing. When Carrie's car was initially found, the crime scene technician looked at it, and the main focus was finding fingerprints. They noted that the vehicle was very, very clean. The only fingerprints detected were on a mint container in the central cup holder, but they didn't match Carrie or Dave. The Explorer underwent another examination on December 8th, 2015, so three years later by the same technician, who at this time was now searching for blood, but none was found. On a third inspection on February 18th, 2016. Three months later, so mm -hmm. it sat there for three months. Sergeant Doty decided to remove the cloth seat covers and discovered a large red stain on the passenger side seat foam. DNA tests later confirmed that this blood stain was indeed Carrie's. At this time, the fingerprint from the mint container was confirmed to be Liz's. God Whoa. damn. Here we go. Now shit's popping off. You called it pretty early, Mike. It's pretty, it's pretty good. Pretty impressive. Carrie seemed like a well-adjusted, smart, got-her-shit-together individual. I was not buying the whole random text of, let's move in together. Oh, fuck you, I have a new man. Very out of character. And Liz, from the beginning, seemed to like be a little bit of a psycho. Yep. In February 2016, investigators got search warrants to search the apartment where Liz was living and also the place where she previously lived with Todd Butterbaugh. Butterball. <laughs> in March 2016, they also searched the storage unit used by Carrie's mom to store Carrie's personal items. At Liz's apartment, they found a bunch of stuff, including the LG cell phone, a black and white floral shower curtain, which was the same exact one bought with Carrie's debit card back in November 16, 2012, which was at the, um, dollar, the dollar store. store. They also found a red Sony video camcorder and a Nikon Coolpix digital camera and a bunch of memory cards. During the storage unit search, investigators, the, the storage unit where Carrie's mom had kept Carrie's belongings, they found owner manuals for those cameras as well as receipts for the cameras. And they had been bought long before Ooh. Carrie had met Dave. Hmm. Nothing circumstantial about this evidence. <laughs> They also got search warrants for numerous email accounts, including 31 from Google, nine from Yahoo, and five from Microsoft. That is so much, so many accounts to manage doing all this. It's a full-time job, like you said. She wasn't working. Mm -mm. Anthony Cava provided in-depth testimony connecting Liz to all of the significant messages sent by Carrie following her disappearance using all of these accounts. The biggest thing that Liz did was set up everything to be automated. And I caught myself thinking it through watching the documentary and, and stuff. It's like, how is she doing this? Because there's times where Dave and Liz are sitting in the same room 
and Carrie's texting both of them all this crazy. Yeah, right. Like, how is she doing this? And part of that was automated. Like, she was setting up phones to text and email mm -hmm. at certain times throughout the day. So it was just like an ever flow of harassment yeah. coming from Christ. supposedly Carrie. Evil genius. Not really a genius, but evil something. Evil right? something. Yeah. Evil twat. Let's go with that. Evil twat? I like evil twat. Right. I'll allow it. In an email where Amy supposedly admitted to the murder, there was a mention of a yin-yang tattoo on Carrie's left hip, which that detail was not publicly known. Investigators spoke to Carrie's ex-husband and found out that they both got matching yin-yang tattoos when they got married in 2009. His was on his calf. Carrie's was on her left hip. And that tattoo has even kept off the missing person's reports mm. and stuff or missing person uh posters flyers things like that so this was really a detail that only the person would know yeah. that killed yeah. her yeah so as soon as liz emailed about a yin yang tattoo yeah. it's like smoking gun yeah they also received a photo from carrie's mother showing a tattoo of a chinese symbol for mother on carrie's left foot and that was something that Anthony Cava figured out because he saw the picture and it looks weird. They show it on the documentary. It stands out amongst all the other stuff. In February 2017, investigators found a tablet used by Dave, which Liz also had access to while they were together. This tablet contained a micro SD card. Anthony Cava was unable to find any current files on the SD card, but he was able to restore a ton of deleted items, including over 13,000 photos and a lot of text messages involving Liz. Since the tablet didn't support text messaging, it was assumed that the SD card had been used in another device. Like Liz took that SD card out and hid it in Dave's tablet. Yeah, that's smart. Why don't you hit it in a fire? <laughs> <laughs> We've been talking about some dumb fucking criminals lately. It Jesus. certainly doesn't seem like she was very careless. With oh this. my god! For as as much effort as she put into everything, yeah. she's fucking dumb. So when Anthony Cabo looked into this SD card, he found that it was Liz's LG VS nine twenty phone, and it was examined by the police on January eighth, two thousand thirteen, and it was compatible with this SD card. The login records of Liz's phone indicated that it had used the SD card and recovered 458 of the recovered photos were found on Liz's phone. So that's a direct link to her. Mm -hmm. Boom. I feel like we've had quite a few of those direct links <laughs> yeah. at this point, yeah. but things are, are stacking let's just, up at hey, this point. Yeah, let's add it to the list. Among the pictures on the SD card were several of what looked to be a blue and gray tarp taken from different angles. One picture showed a flesh-colored object with a yin-yang symbol. That really That's like the tattoo that Carrie had. <laughs> yeah. It looked just like the one on her husband's calf. And there was another photo that was similar in color with a Chinese symbol that matched the tattoo on Carrie's left foot. Oh, well, come mm. on. And now I'm convinced. <laughs> that's the one that Anthony Cabo focused on, and he yeah. had that sent to a pathologist, and they were able to like look you know, examine it and show that it was what a foot would look like under decomposition, like mm -hmm. how your ankle would start to decompose. She took photos 
of dead Carrie on her phone, then took the SIM card or the SD card out, put it in a tablet, and left it. Mm-hmm. Smart. Yeah. But I don't know what she was going to do with those pictures. Maybe send them to Dave as something to fuck with his head over. I don't know, but. That maybe, seems plausible. Maybe back up like Amy. Send it from Amy. Look, that's what I mean. Like, yeah. yeah, like use it to <clears throat> manipulate it to look like somebody else did it. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. I mean, anyone with a simple IT background can go through all this stuff. <laughs> look, it's I don't even have a simple IT background, but I still know that like <laughs> you don't fuck around and find out. Yeah. Or you're going to fuck around and find yeah. out when it comes to technology. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's metadata on all this stuff, and it's not too hard to link together. Dope. Dope. The the amount of information that's in one picture taken with a phone is insane. Of course. (laughs) They're like, Mike Namapod was wearing his blue Converse shoes when he took this photo. (laughs) We know because of the metadata. (laughs) (laughs) So Liz chose to go with a bench trial. After the state finished presenting its case, Liz said that she wanted a... uh, a directed motion of acquittal, which was denied by the court. She didn't provide anything as a defense. She really didn't have anything yeah. to say other than that she just didn't do it. Liz was found guilty of first-degree murder and second-degree arson. She received a life sentence for the murder of Carrie and 18 to 20 years for the arson to be served consecutively. She oh. swears that she is innocent. She will not take responsibility for this. Not even an ounce. There's zero chance that she's innocent. Right. Zero. Yeah. Agreed. We talked about how there was a handful of things that Netflix left out of the documentary because of time constraints um, or whatever. But something that they left out, that I feel like they should, they could probably just go back in and edit it and throw it in. Probably be a solid thing to do. Um, the Potawatomi County community foundation set up a scholarship fund in Carrie's name in in line with Carrie's job as a program analyst the scholarship supports students who are pursuing careers in technology and there's an added benefit for students that are suffering from mental illness since Carrie suffered from bipolar disorder Anthony Cava who was the computer forensics guy on this whole case is a big supporter of the scholarship and he said quote supporting the fund is ensuring Carrie Farver, an innocent victim, is never forgotten. I feel like that gets lost in the documentary a little bit. It's like, oh, this is Carrie doing all this, doing all this. Oh, it's not. And then... And then boom, it's over. Yeah. Could have been a good happy ending. Yeah. I feel like they could go back and throw something in about that. They have to make it seem like it's her during the bulk of the show in order to keep the the cliffhanger and right. the twist to this story but yeah after a while like when you know it and if you were to go back and watch like kind of dragging her name through the mud here a little bit she didn't do anything for like 85 minutes and then yeah. yeah um were there any updates just in general on like like what happened with max just i don't know grow up lived his life yeah hopefully he's doing well that's a yeah so now he's got to be what mid 20s mid late 20s Probably. Yeah. It's about 10 years ago. So 24 ish. Yeah. Yeah. And then any updates on like Dave and what he was doing or. So Dave, uh, he said that he would do anything that Nancy Farver, Carrie's mom, wanted to do media wise. Like that he didn't 
if it was him, he wouldn't go out and do documentaries or, or things like that. But because he feels like he got Carrie killed, like he's very, re- he feels very sure. responsible for this. He'll do anything that Nancy Farver wants yeah. to do to get Carrie's message out there, or her name out there. That's a heavy weight on you, man. Mm-hmm. Even though he's not even remotely responsible, but just if she wouldn't have met him, he's she'd forever still be alive. Linked to that tragedy, mm. and he knew her how long? Two weeks. Yeah. yeah, two weeks. Two weeks, and you know you're forever linked to that horrible tragedy. Well, and plus thinking about he, I'm sure hated her for years because he thought that she was harassing him like that, and to find out that you know she was killed yeah, that, that morning, it's a complete mind fuck. It's a lot of emotions to deal with. Mm-hmm. How about Jessica? She escaped the right. She the got lucky. Victim too. Yeah. Yeah. Man, this is nuts. That's something that Netflix didn't get into, and I don't, I don't know no, if that's that maybe yeah. they, they didn't, didn't mention Jessica at all. Mm-mm. No, like maybe they didn't want to participate in the documentary sure. or whatever. But sure. I fuck, I wouldn't. Yeah, no, I would. <laughs> I want part of this. Don't. I don't want anything to do with it. I'm like chatting with this guy on Facebook, and you know, start getting these fucking insane messages. I shouldn't even met him, right? Never Mm-mm. met him. Yeah, this one's like. Um, Kind of like Ming. What was his name? Ming Sen Shui. Yeah. Ming the Merciless. Yeah, that's, a, that's what I know. That's the only thing I know him by. <laughs> Just this obsession that somebody can get yeah. over, yeah. you know. And just the randomness of who you might interact with. I mean, mm-hmm. she met this guy at the mechanic shop and hung out with him for a couple of weeks and walked past this psycho he dated, you know, for two seconds in the hallway and she fucking killed her. Coming into this, I I I was under the impression or thinking this was one of those like unsolved missing person type cases that mm-hmm. we do often. So this one obviously wasn't, and it's real fucking depressing. This is real sad. It really is. Not that those missing person ones aren't. You know that something bad happened. Yeah. But with those, you know, maybe there's a little bit of optimism. The person took off, ran away to another country, and is living large. Yeah. They're not, but you never know. This is just depressing. This fuck. Yeah. I think it was pretty obvious early on that, you know, you saw what was going on here. I, I yeah. think it was less obvious with Netflix. They're able to do a lot more kind of yeah. trickery and obscure what's going on. So, but that's not what we do on the show, right? No, like we're we're no. just telling the story. Yeah, so it's, it's still an odd yeah. story, but maybe it was a little bit stranger when you watch the Netflix documentary. You're like, what the fuck? Because, you know. Yeah. Some I tried trickery like, a little bit. I tried by not using, like, not calling her by her full name oh, yeah, in the beginning. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I tried to kayfabe a little oh, I bit. Thought like, was, I thought it was great. I had a feeling it was Liz from the beginning, but I had no idea that Shanna, Shana connection. And then when, when I you said that, I was like, motherfuck. Like, that's a <laughs> bombshell way to, like, find this out. Like, it wasn't yeah. like a slow getting closer, getting closer, getting closer to Liz. Like, right. no, boom, that's her fucking name. Yeah. But yeah, but I mean, I don't know. It'd be disingenuous of us to kind of like take people on a ride like, oh, we're going to swerve you this way. But then, boom, it's this like we're going to tell the story in good detail and better detail. That's right. There was definitely some police fuck ups in this early on. I feel like this could have been solved pretty quick. There was some. Yeah. If there was some communication. Right. If there would have been a sit down conversation between the police department that in uh, Council Bluffs, Iowa, mm-hmm. 
that to police department and Nancy and a sit down between Omaha and Dave, I feel like they could have collaborated and solved this within a day. Yeah, did, I don't know that did Liz. No, huh? Did they? I'm, I, I interrupted you. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, I would say I'm not sure Liz thought this out at the beginning when she injected her name into like buying the furniture and right. she's going to apply for your job. Like that's a misstep when you just killed someone to inject your name into the situation. Yeah. I don't understand what that is. That made no sense. And if somebody would have followed up and did a little bit of homework on that, I think you immediately could have tied her to this crime. Yeah. I mean, if they're sitting there having a conversation and they're like, Nancy, lay out your evidence. And she's like, okay, well, I got this check from Shana yeah. Goliard. Dave would be like, what? <laughs> right. <laughs> I know that but name. But yeah. was Omaha and Council Bluffs each aware? Like, like was Dave and Nancy communicating? No. So, so they they, so, they, no. they had no reason to know no. this was in interstate. But when she filed the missing persons report, they could have followed up on what she was doing the past couple of weeks. And they obviously could have talked to Dave. And if they would have if Nancy would have out, said like they would have talked to Nancy and said, OK, well, where yeah, has she been? Yeah. And they didn't do that. Yeah, I, 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 I see mean, what Dave mean. was talked to in relation. They didn't ask the right question. They just didn't like, ask the right question. It was all there. This No one put it. Together. I, yeah. And, and what I guess what I was getting at is they didn't have all the information and just ignore it. They just didn't do the due diligence to get the information that would have connected it. I think that's right. Yeah, just more communication is all yeah, you need. Yeah. And she implicated herself right away, and yeah. she put her name into the into the yeah the whole thing for no reason. It didn't really serve any purpose. I don't think crime was so much easier before technology, man. Right? Fuck technology, <laughs> ruining all the fun. No, I'm kidding. This was a sad story. But yeah, this this poor woman just incidental yeah. uh, contact with the uh, guy you meet and his. We talk about all the time crazy like with serial, friend Liz with serial killers. The randomness of some of this. Yeah, yeah. Gotta yeah be I mean, aware. if she didn't walk into that into the auto body shop I that know. day, because it's not like they met on plenty of fish. Like they just had a chance encounter. Yeah, she pulled in and said, "Hey, kid, something wrong with my car? Can you take a quick look?" No. Dave's Pro like, oh, guess what? I'm on plentyoffish.com. Yeah, if only she hadn't <laughs> bought a foreign car and then it broke down and she had to go there that day. She should have bought American. It was a Ford Explorer. It was a Ford oh, Explorer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's probably made in Mexico, though, where most Fords are made, right? Oh, come on. <laughs> Do we know that was the car that day? In that two weeks, she could have got a new one. I don't think that happened. I think that was the car. Did they ask David? Maybe he was like, oh, this car is fucked. You need to get a new one. <laughs> Go get a Mitsubishi Eclipse. There's nothing to indicate that happened. I used to have a Mitsubishi Eclipse. Or maybe it was a Mitsubishi Eclipse, and then it was a Explorer. I don't think that's what happened, no. Those are little tiny things. Yeah. I had some friends in college that had one. They were fun to drive. Five speed. Yeah. All right. It had a six CD changer in the trunk. Dude. That's the, the shit. The, the Eclipse. Yeah. In the trunk? Yeah, it was in the trunk. So you needed six CDs because you couldn't fucking get out and change couldn't the song. Change it. Hey, you could rotate between the six of them. <laughs> Remember that time I was making fun of people who drove eclipses and like kind of I douche, don't like kind of douchebags used to drive eclipses like i did <laughs> i don't remember that at all <laughs> that was a while back <laughs> i like that car it was cool. <laughs> that's funny <laughs> uh, all right anything else you guys found or saw in the documentaries and the no i don't think there's anything else to say about this mm -mm. it was just uh random bad luck feel bad with for a, a kid. yeah 
That's a, yeah, that's that's really I feel I mean, I feel terrible for her. But then the mm-hmm. kid like and those Facebook messages, that's, that's, a, that's a really that, disturbing. To there was me. no need for that. That served no purpose. That really I think more so on any of this like that one. Yeah, just really. So I feel like me. most people can relate to getting a weird DM or trying to figure out if you're yeah. talking to someone real or not sure. or trying to catch somebody in a, in something online. It's just, yeah, and just amped up because it's your mom that yeah, has been missing for years. You're sitting there questioning her, trying to figure out yeah. if, if it's really her. That's off the charts. Yeah. I don't like to brag about it too much, but mm-hmm. for the last few years, I've been emailing with a Nigerian prince. <laughs> and we've become pretty close. Are you in his will now? I am. And, you know, it's only... Cost me about $2,000 in iTunes gift cards, and now I'm in the will. How much are you supposed to get? A few Visa gift cards as well. $50 million. Wow. And, you know. Convict. <laughs> Convict. Music. <laughs> Didn't expect Akon to show up tonight. No, how about there, that? Yet there he is. Boom. You might have noticed last week, Menendez Brothers Part 3 one of our longest episodes, probably in a typical situation would have been a four-part series. We made it three. Mm-hmm. And then we did this show today, Carrie's story, longer episode as well. We were trying to crunch those in, episodes 298, 299, because next week is episode 300. Got big plans for 300. Yeah, you got something cooking? Yeah, a little bit of uh, Nazis in the occult, maybe. <laughs> what? <laughs> Five years in the making. The last of the trailer. Mm-hmm. It's true. Because we did a watch along, didn't we? Do one for Well, Patreon? we talked about the Cannibal Holocaust watch along on the trailer. Yeah. We never did that yet. But. but did we do a watch along movie thing? I know we tried to, and it, one didn't work. Yeah, we did the. It did um, not work out well. It wasn't uh, great. That, the Peter Jackson movie. Yeah. That fucking Feebles movie. <laughs> Meet yeah, the Feebles. It has some content in it that we weren't really comfortable with putting on. <laughs> yeah, we're not putting our name on some of that shit that was <laughs> being said in that. So, but this isn't just Nazis in the occult. This no. is going to be a Waco, Oklahoma City. Right. We're going to start. Ruby the, Ridge type series. We're going to start in the beginning with Madame Blavatsky get into her root races we'll do a background on her like who she was and we won't be able to get into everything with what she taught or whatever but we'll get into the root races for sure because Aryans were one of them love those guys <laughs> they did some great things dave's got all their albums yeah. <laughs> and then we'll just kind of go through like world war one and how germany the mindset and the morale and everything and how this like esoteric, these groups behind the scenes were like getting into all of Madame Blavatsky's stuff and the root races and everything. And then just how that evolved to a lot of fuckery going on. All right. All right. It's very interesting. But uh, so we're looking at four, maybe five parts. Yeah, we'll see how it works. How it works. We'll get us through March. Yes. Yeah, nice. Then we're going to wrap up with Maria Orsic, which is like a kind of a, a fun wrap up. Hitler's supposed medium okay that'll be a great time so it's finally here so we got a lot of death and murder out of the way yeah because we're gonna talk about nazis and there's not a lot of that no not at all no peace well, loving actually, peace loving people those nazis. <laughs> hmm. 
We'll probably we won't talk about any of their atrocities, really. No, I know. I was yeah, kidding. Which is nice to not have murder for a couple of weeks. Nice little break. Yeah. And Madame Blavatsky is a very interesting woman. I'm really looking forward to to talking about her because she's not um, she's not a Nazi. She didn't envision the Aryan thing to become what it was. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Well, that'll start next week. Good stuff. Um, what do you got, Dave? I got some new patrons. That sounds perfect. I love new patrons. Keep in mind we're uh we're recording a week ahead of time here, so if you uh don't hear your name as a new patron, stick around. We'll get you next week. You'll probably be on Madame Blavatsky. Probably. Unless we just don't like you and we just won't say your name. Because you probably have a stupid name like Todd or Keith. <laughs> it's very harsh. I don't care. I, I promise I'll read your name if it's Keith or <laughs> no, Todd. Don't even sign up. Your money's not even good to us. <laughs> Fucking twat. Thank you to new patrons. Lizbot, Mary Erickson, Agent Double Zero, Hannah Fafard, Ben Goodrich, Hunter Duncan, a.k.a. Boob Garage. <laughs> okay. Mindy Lambert, Sydney Clunan, Adam J., Eric Rojas, Chris, Officer Me Off Jack. <laughs> Get it? His name's Jack Me Off. Cade. <laughs> <laughs> Megan Brown, booty hole. No, booty no. hole. Stop. Hit a button. Booty hole. That, that doesn't count. That doesn't count. <laughs> booty hole. Booty hole. Booty hole. Forget about that. I look forward to the day I can read that <laughs> that person's obituary. <laughs> I look forward to the day when I can read Macaulay Culkin's obituary so he's down here and I can pound him in the ass again. Uh, okay. Thanks, Michael. It's great to see you. See you next time. Macaulay, I'm here. Kill yourself. Oh, I hate this guy so much. He's the worst. He's the worst. Rebecca Blackmore. Daniel. Rebecca Black. More um, black, more. I thought it was gonna be the Friday. It's a Friday, 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 <laughs> Friday. Gotta get down on Friday. Everybody's looking forward to the weekend party and party and yeah. Oh, I know all the words. That tracks. <laughs> Daniel Schmucker, Casey Robinson, Praterius, Melissa M, Jeff Kuski. Lou Sassol, the solder miser. <laughs> solder miser. Lou Sassol. <laughs> Renee Fabian, Rodney Dangerfield, Jordan Cundiff, the Axemen of my Dick Leans to the left, Shelby Otts, Alan Williamson, Sweet Afton, Austin Miller, Caveman. 0034 and Marsha Lorienti. Thank you, new patrons. Welcome aboard. Ian, what do you got? For iTunes, I have one for it's me, Chrissy P, Jim 5085, Blow Holio, 
Blowholio. <laughs> oh, that was my <laughs> last one. <laughs> and Blowholio. <laughs> it's me, Blowholio. <laughs> Thank you for the reviews. Okay, good. Well, we'll be back for a big celebratory 300th episode next week. 300. You know what that means. means 60% of the way to Mike's tattoo. We're getting there. We're only three years away. Mm -mm -mm. It'll go by fast. Two years away. Is that what it is, too? Are we on pace for that? With these OT shows now messing everything up. have to ramp those OTs up so we can get the 500. Mm, yeah, that's all right. Get that face tattoo going. That's, <laughs> that was never discussed. Big NASCAR on a NASCAR car on a forehead. Be a good one. They're stock cars, pal. Stock cars. You know, you know what I meant. <laughs> one of my pet peeves, you guys don't do this, but when people are like, oh, I, I watch those NASCARs. NASCARs are not a thing. Mm-hmm. It's an acronym for, you know, I understand National Association sure. of Stock Car Auto Racing. Sure. They are stock cars, what they race. You can call them race cars as well. I'll accept that. But there's no such thing as like, oh, he's driving one of those NASCARs. <laughs> no, no, he's not. I think it's been a long time since they were stock cars. There is nothing stock about the cars anymore. <laughs> no, there's not. That, is, that you are certainly right, but they are still, you know. And also, I'd just like to say I, I hit a $400 parlay on the Daytona 500. You did well. Outstanding. You came to my party. It was rained out the race. We knew that. And yet the next day, you still watched it at home. And I, I was so proud. I watched it, too. Yeah, you did as well. Mm-hmm. Everyone Stop. watched it. All my friends watched the Daytona 500. How about that? Some we of you texting. won some money. Ian, you did not win some money. No, I did not. But you're going in the long haul. On a, on a big underdog. Yeah. We'll see how that plays out. We'll, we'll update more. I think I think you might get a payout on that one. I smoke too much weed to the point where I can't read, and then I end up putting bets on shit that doesn't make sense. I think you, if you got a payout out of that, that'd be amazing, and I think yeah. you might. We'll see. This is his year. Mm-mm-mm. Get that win. All right. We are on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube at Necronomapod, patreon.com slash Necronomapod for all of the bonus content. Necronomapod.com is our website and amazon.com. Search Necronomapod for all of our merch. All right. You guys ready for a cool down beer? Cheers. <laughs>